0: Welcome to the Black Minds Matter podcast. I'm Mac, of course. I'm kicking my man, Rev, and this is a Now production. Hey, y'all been listening to us for quite a while now. Or if you're brand new, hear this message. We want y'all to like, rate, review, subscribe. We want you to tell a friend to tell a friend. We need y'all to go ahead and help us spread this message. All the information we giving you is not just for you. Stop being selfish. Pass it on and let other people find out what we're doing over here. So today... It's going to be a great day, y'all. We got some guests on here that's really going, I hope they're going to enlighten you on some things about your lives, help you to en- enrich your lives and maybe live a little bit uh, longer. So Rev, would you like to introduce our guest, man? I'm sorry, bro. My fault. How are you? How mm-hmm. What's going on with you? What's what's going on in your black mind?
1: Feeling good. Feeling great. Feeling great. How are you, man? How's it going, bro?
0: I'm all right. Sound like you're a little tired, bro.
1: You good? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Hey, man, working, working. But- I am I'm full of energy actually because of our guests here today um we have Miss Angela Lewis on the mic uh, I actually met her here in Medellin, um through my cousin and some people like that and Angie's super cool she's also a hooper and all that kind of stuff so that's pretty cool um and then uh we have her friend uh Miss Marquita, who is a holistic uh, life coach but I'm gonna let them introduce themselves but uh welcome ladies to the black Minds matter podcast um thank you for joining the show
2: Thank you so much for having us. Really yeah. excited about this conversation. Mm-hmm. I am Angela Lewis. I um, have a public relations agency, ALA Public Relations. And my former life, I was an athlete. It's where I, I had a lot of my time in the media and interviews. But um, since then, I've started working with Marquita as my health and wellness coach. And so Rev, you and I had this conversation about health and wellness. I've lost yes. 30 pounds in the past few months. And so I'm excited to have this conversation with Marquita just about how we um, can be more healthy.
1: Absolutely. And Miss Marquita, can you tell the audience about yourself a little bit, please?
3: I sure can. Uh, my name is Marquita L. I'm a holistic health and wellness coach as well as lifestyle coach and the founder of L's Wellness, which is a virtual health coaching platform that caters primarily to the health and wellness needs of professional black women. Um, Much of my concept centers around loving themselves back to health. So um, as we're gonna talk about today, a lot of the issues and a lot of the things that plague our communities tend to revolve around the health status of the black woman. And so that's an area of interest for me and has been for over 15 years.
1: Absolutely. And, um, Ms. Marquita, we will definitely put all of your information in and see if we can get you some more clientele. Um, this platform works as my cousin, AJ knows, uh, when he did his retreat, we got a couple of people, um, you know, that were signed up uh, through the retreat. So we'll, we'll definitely get you there. So, um, just so you all uh, ladies, you'll know, um, you you guys are here. We're really going to just pick your brains. Um, we have three black women on here. Um, and we need to hear the voice of black women. I mean, me and my buddy, we have our black minds matter podcast. This is season four, but you know, we've had some women on, uh, we had a panel of what, four or five care. Wow. How many, how many of the friends were there at one time? Five. It was five. So mm-hmm. now we're coming back with three. So we had an episode earlier in the um, earlier in the uh, season, and it I gave it a controversial topic. I said, um, you know, uh, love you to death or criticize you to life, and what we were talking about was the um, like the, the health of black of black black people overall, right? And I and I was looking up some studies. Um, And I know, Marquita, you would be able to give a little bit more information to this. But basically, the study said the number one killer of Black people in the United States is heart disease, mostly caused by our diet. Um, Our children are overweight. They're two and three times more likely to be overweight than their white counterparts. Um, What was it? It was something like 40% of the the Black community as adults are overweight, like almost 50% of our women, et cetera, et cetera. And I was arguing it wasn't an argument, but you know, I was arguing that we need to do better health wise before we get to beauty and all that we need to be alive. Right. So you're in the space and I'll I'll start off with you, you're in the space of health and like holistic, but also body health is part of holistic. What got you into that space? What started your passion with the health of uh, black women?
3: Uh, I've actually, I actually started out as a personal trainer. So, um, my my background really goes back to transforming the body primarily. And over about the last five years is when I really expanded beyond the body. Um, because over those years of transforming bodies is where I really learned the areas that were missing from the full transformation had less to do with what My clients were eating and what my clients were doing. And it has so much more to do with how my clients were living, how my clients were thinking, how my clients were experiencing the world. And those were the areas that um, were really keeping them or delaying that progress. So um, when I jumped into the industry, I was always, I've always been athletic uh, throughout, I would say, my entire life. Uh, I tell people I know this is my first six pack when I was like nine years old. Uh, so I really just yeah. <laughs> I really just came out the womb, um, just always pretty much physically fit. But as I got older, I really wanted to learn and understand the importance of valuing what I already had and really protecting it as I got older. Um, and as far as the statistics that you just read, you are absolutely right in all of those areas. And a lot of that is the reason that I entered this space, and I never left. Um, it just got better and better because I became much more connected to the why behind a lot of the uh, a lot of my clients' weight loss issues. And of course, everybody came in, and the first thing they would say is, "I know I got to get my diet right. I know I gotta, you know, I know I gotta eat better. Everything was, I have to eat better." And surprisingly my client base has always been pretty much, I would say about 50-50 in regard to um, black women and white women. And the majority of the food logs that I came across, there was no difference in uh, the way my clients were eating. Uh, And and, and honestly speaking, for many of my black clients, they were really much more um, committed and dedicated to changing their diet. So I've always known that food is a component, but it is not the primary factor um, when it comes to the Black woman. And the reason is because there are other areas outside of food and diet, food and exercise that separate the Black woman's experience from everyone else's environmental racism, health disparity, medical racism, community trauma, all of these things greatly impact and primarily impact the black woman, the mothers, the sisters, the daughters. Our children as early as 12 or 13 years old, um, about 50, about a 50% rate are already registering uh, pre-hypertension which most people don't even know. So when we're talking about protecting the health of our Black women, it really starts in adolescence. So when we start seeing a lot of the health disparities that start showing up in the physical form by way of being overweight, obese, um, things that we see, that's only one layer. A lot of the things that we don't see are how our women are suffering in silence from immunological dysfunction, hormonal dysfunction, and a lot of the imbalances that come from lack of sleep quality. Mm -hmm. So 50% of not only Black women, but also Black men have elevated blood pressure while sleeping. Mm -hmm. No other group of people in the U.S. has numbers that high. Mm -hmm. And for Black women in particular, a lot of that has to do with how we worry differently about our community, our households, and our family. Hmm. Black women's ability to get a good night's sleep has been interrupted, uh, disrupted for centuries. Hmm. Uh, The Black mother who hasn't had a good night's sleep since her child turned 13 years old, uh, when her child goes to college, when her husband goes to work, Um, all of these things together create a space where when you go to sleep, you feel like you have to stay aware enough so that you don't miss someone who may need you to come to their aid or to their rescue. And it's not always conscious. It's an unconscious feeling that a lot of our black women have suffered from and lack of sleep quality is one of the primary causes of stress-related hormonal imbalance that also interrupts the body's ability to properly heal and to properly lose weight. So those are factors outside of just diet and exercise that our women have to tend to and are normally suffering through silently.
0: Oh, wait, I'm sorry. You just said a mouthful. My goodness, there's so many places we could have jumped off from. I'm gonna jump go back in, to
4: in, jump in, stop me. Right,
0: I'm gonna go back to one of them because you said something about sleep quality. Now I've already been complaining about the sleep quality I get because I got three little people that like to, you know, disrupt mm-hmm. that. Anyway, my wife though, she uh it always concerns me, it worries me, but at the same time, it's not like I can do a whole lot about it. But she is whenever one of our kids stays night somewhere, she keeps her phone on and she mm-hmm. always stays aware all the time. If Any little sound. I used to be that person because any new sound, I'm jumping up. All right, let me go deal with it. But really, there's not a whole lot of situations where I really need to go deal with it so I'm able to sleep. But for her, whenever her kids are not around, she keeps her phone on and it's loud. I'll tell you that because, you know, we got a 16 year old. If he's not home, she needs to be alert and ready to jump out of bed and go deal with the situation. That's now, exactly. How do we, um, I mean, that, that points directly to what you were talking about, how we're not getting the quality sleep. Yes, we might be getting sleep, but are we really getting into that deep rim sleep where we're not concerned about things going on around us Correct. Now, from those, those issues of not getting sleep, what other problems can happen within their life? Cause you're, you're dealing with the whole body and outside the body. So where are some of the things that are attributed to not getting, getting quality sleep?
3: Oh, well, yeah, everything, every part of the body, from your brain function, your cardiovascular system, your body is basically in a constant state of fight or flight. And while you're awake, it's operating in a different capacity, but when it's time for you to go to sleep, your body can't it's I'll use this as an example. Okay. When it's time for you to go to sleep and you are in a space where you feel, secure you feel safe you feel secure you can fall asleep and sleep like a baby now you can be just as tired but if you're outside sleeping on a park bench your body won't even allow you to go into a space of sleep that would possibly put you in harm's way Mm -hmm. you were in the forest right so our stress hormones our fight or flight is there to protect us And even though we're not running around in the jungle anymore, even though you may not be sleeping outside, a lot of the residual effects of racism have Mm -hmm. still followed us to this day. And so our ability to rest is Mm. not where it needs to be in order for our bodies to fully heal. It's doing like this. And we're mm -hmm. trying everything that we can to work out as much as we can. When I tell you my black women are the hardest on themselves when it comes to pursuing weight loss. And uh-huh. Angie can tell you for the first month, all she wanted was just tell me what to do. Because we, what are, to do. we are doers <laughs> by design. We know what to yeah. do. We will do everything that there is. Because black women also know we are the one group that really doesn't get as much grace and understanding as Very others true. do. And so over time, we've learned how to protect ourselves by just being more hard on ourselves than anybody else. It's like, well, you can't be yep. more hard than even I can. So I'm going to go harder. I'm going to stay up later. We also have the residual effects of the racist stereotypes that say that we're lazy. Mm-hmm. So we go hard or go home. Rest is hard to do for the Black woman. Even if she doesn't have anything left on the to-do list, she will find
4: something
3: <laughs> else to do because for so long it was... Suggested that to do nothing for a black woman or a black person meant you were lazy or not productive, so we're constantly trying to do things that counter the body's ability to heal, which starts with rest. So we don't me, have the ability to rest.
1: Let me ask this, and i want to throw to Angie as well. Well, I'm sure. the rest thing is very important, right? So no, no. I'm going to give a little, I'm going to give some numbers to that. So And and back up what Markita said, it's not just I don't I don't want to take anything away from black women, but our kids need to get rest as well. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm doing some studies in in my program about school start times and what I've learned about school start times. The later the school starts, the better kids actually do. And the reason it's it's all based around sleep. Kids are going to go to bed at midnight, regardless if school starts at four o'clock in the morning or nine o'clock in the morning, not in right? house. We talking about high school kids. Thank you so much. So, Again, <laughs> so, <in our> <laughs> so, so, I mean, look, you put in a bed, but he might go to sleep. Put it that way. That's what I'm saying. No they don't I see what you're saying. So, All right. so, yeah. so not having sleep, what they found was not having sleep leads to mental and emotional problems. Kids without sleep have more behavior issues. They're more likely to use drugs and alcohol, et cetera. Right. Mm-hmm. So sleep is important for everybody. Make sure our black women are getting sleep, our black men are getting sleep, et cetera, and our kids. Angie, I want to ask you a question. So, what motivated you to get on your health journey? How did that start? Like, right? Like, you know, some people just go about it. So, what you were like, hey, I'm going to do this.
2: I there were a couple factors. The first is that I was approaching forty. And I think for anyone who's like turning the corner towards 40, you Mm. just want that next decade to be different. You've learned a lot over the past 39 years and you just want 40 to be different. So that was part one. I was doing a lot of reflecting and having a lot of really brutally honest conversations with myself that honestly, I never really had before. And one of those honest conversations was I've had the same fitness goals for the past five years so every year I would say okay this year I'm gonna do it this year I'm gonna do it and I will make really short-term gains but then just slide back and so one thing Marquita and I did not mention we've known each other since high school so we've been friends for a long long time we've known each other a long time and okay. so Marquita turned 40 in May and March March. okay,
4: please go
2: Pisces.
1: Sorry, (laughs) wait, wait, hold on. I thought we couldn't say women's ages like that. Is that we you can can say our age?
2: We are happily 40, like
1: we are, we
2: are better at 40 than any other time.
4: That's all All I'm telling you. Longevity is the
1: goal. So, Angie, I want to get back to you. You all are just 40, not 41 or anything, just 40. No, right? Just 40. Mm -hmm. All right, cool, yeah. So he's still the mm-hmm. oldest on the podcast. Whatever. Go ahead. Man. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> moving right, on. Cool.
0: Hey, long <laughs> so, as you, I, I earned line, this gray baby. hair, put it like that. All <laughs> right, moving on.
2: So, on
1: I had to get on my boy. Keep keep
2: going. I'm approaching forty. I'm reflecting. Marquita turns forty in March, and she posts this picture on Instagram in a crop top, and it's like this is forty abs, like eight pack. <laughs> And at that point, I said, you know what, I'm gonna throw in this towel of being able to do it myself. I'm at a point in my life where I refuse to do everything alone. As Marquita knows, like, I thought I could take on everything and do everything. So the stress, just thinking I can do because, because we feel like we can do it. Mm-hmm. Because we have. And so moving to Medellin, being in Colombia was the first time in my life where I just only had me to look out for. and. I was in this space, in this environment where I could really take care of me in a way that I never thought or felt I was able to before. So see Markita's post, I'm turning 40. I'm like, all right, Kita, let me set up this discovery call. Whatever it is, just sign me up. Like here, like what's your longest packet? Okay, sign me up for the longest thing because this is not going to change overnight because the past decade, I was very fluffy. So (laughs) going into this next decade, we're not like, we're we're really going to focus on overall well-being. And then there's this added layer of pressure, was I know what it was like to be a professional athlete. So I've been six foot one since I was 12 years old. I played basketball since I was 12 years old. So we're talking 28 years of having this athlete identity and then approaching 40 and feeling like it's not athletic anymore. <laughs> but I really know that my body's capable of being that. And so that made me really want to work with Kita and to figure out how she's been able to maintain the same health and wellness for the past
1: 20 years. So that's, that's fair enough. Well, no, no, I think, I think it's uh, it's incredible that you decided to, to get on the health journey and stay. Um, You didn't get discouraged where like, you're like, I'm just going to give up. And I think really the cool thing is, um, is that you, got in your network you didn't even have to go outside of your network you got in your network and you're supporting a business of a friend and it doesn't sound like you asked for a hookup you asked for the longest pack, the longest package yeah. right so we're so Absolutely. quick as black people to let me get a hookup right but no this is a business you wouldn't go to the white neighborhoods and ask for a hookup so why are we always asking for hookups from our own people and things of that nature let's keep that black dollar in the in the in the community what killer mike say our black dollars in our community for six hours you know six something hours. like that so yeah. so yeah matt go ahead
0: no, nah, man, I was just gonna jump off of what you were saying. Uh, uh well, actually, what Angie said, I'm sorry, Angela. I haven't been given mm-hmm. the uh the okay yeah, to call you yeah, Angie My, my yet. bad. I'm Angie's fine. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. Angie, I just want to make sure fun. I do that because people mess up my name often. I'm like, hey, you don't get to call me that just yet. So <laughs> no, for good. Angie is fine. All right, good. Yes. Um, but yeah, so I was just listening to you talk about getting to that age and like, you know what? I'm tired of this. I'm tired of being the same. Or having these same goals, do the same things, and I ain't hitting them yet. It's time to do something. How can you, well, I don't know if I should have you elaborate, but how can you pass that message on to others who are still dealing with that? Yeah, I used to be a football player in high school, but now I look like this. Or I used to run track in high school or college, but now I don't look like I ever ran anything. How can we pass that message and tell them, like, look, the time is now. Stop holding yourself back and just I don't know if the right word is to push them along, but to encourage them to keep your body right. What are the, yeah, go ahead. What are the great goals or the aspects that are, I'm not aspects, but the, the rewards of doing something like this.
2: I'll start with every great athlete has a coach. Like we all need coaches, professional coaches, not just someone saying you can do it. The second thing is I don't want my 22-year-old body. I want my 40-year-old body to be the best 40-year-old body that it can be. Wow. Because wow. because I'm not willing to do hang cleans, flip tires, do all the things I did. I'm not doing those <laughs> things. This is a conversation I had with Marquita. Like <laughs> that's why this was so hard for me and I think hard for a lot of athletes because the only context that I had for health was performance. And Marquita helped me see this distinction. So I knew how to mm-hmm. work out
1: if wow. you I knew how to work out and train. You had health aligned with performance. Is that what you said? Wow. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. That's that's so makes you a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah, Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. You
2: run to play a sport. Mm -hmm. You lift weights so that you can box people out on the court. Well, I was so far removed from that. So anytime I would go down that path, I I wouldn't stay with it because I knew I didn't have a game coming up. Um, So Marquita helped me to understand. Long overall well-being, and what are the things that I could do that are sustainable? And if I wanted to train for performance, we're in the sculpting phase. I'm going to do some things differently now. Now that I've dropped thirty pounds, than I did in the process. I mean, I barely lifted weights in the first thirty. I don't think I. I think I jogged maybe two days <laughs> when I lost the first thirty pounds. But these. Next 20 to 25 that we're working on is going to require some different things. So um, and probably the last piece I would say is you have to think long about your body and what you want your body to be able to do, which Marquita helped me think about. When we're when you're a former athlete, you have a game and the season starts and stops. Mm. At 40, there's no starting and stopping of a season.
0: Oh no doubt. Mm-hmm.
2: So it's what what are the What's the mindset that's necessary? What's the nutritional foundation that's necessary? And third, what are the core movements that my body needs to be joyous, vibrate at a high level, and that I can sustain?
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, Thank, you, Keta. <laughs> Thank you, Kita. Thank you. I love that. So hang on, hang on. Before you jump onto that, yep. I want to flip this real quick. Uh, so what got him in trouble uh, a while ago? Yeah, yeah. I want to talk about that. Mm-hmm. So we were checking out this video that was sent to us about a group of people who decide to live their lives a certain way. I don't know if he was able to send y'all the video, but I listened was... to the podcast, I heard it. Oh, I heard okay. it all. We wanted to revisit that if you um, would like. To I ain't
1: scared. Go ahead.
0: What up? <laughs> I know me. Come How on. do we, to, or wait a minute, should we even allow those people to have that space for themselves to? and should we encourage them to do something about it or allow them to live their lives the way they live because it is their life in the end it's their choice their decision are we supposed to continue to love them in this decision or do we have an obligation as a loved one to do something or to say something I'm gonna leave that open to either one of you uh that it was a broad question so I'm gonna let you jump in wherever you feel
3: um, I would like a little more context, as so, I did not oh, get. I'll, I'll,
1: give the she, yeah. I'll give you Here's the context. I'll give you the context. So
3: we we. Had, I'm curious now. I'm leaning in. We, what? We had a, we, <laughs> there,
1: so we have a group, a Black Minds Matter podcast text group, and I I was sent this this video of this mm-hmm. thing. I want to think. I think it's called Swim Thick or something like that. Well, anyway, right? Well, it was a lot of big people like like obese people according to what obesity means right like and right. we we did some research on on what obesity means and it was like a lot of them men and women but it was mostly women and they were at this this party uh this pool party and essentially they were celebrating the beauty of big like of being large right and it's like you're beautiful even though you're large and i'm like eh, you know like like that's not really my jam and then but but i was taking it more on the health side we're going to get to the mm-hmm. beauty side in a minute i was going on the health side and i'm like hey I would rather, so so so, and he won't he won't mind me saying this because he texts me and he's my brother. So my brother's a little like not a little bigger. My brother's big. He's he's a, big. he's a bigger person, right? And I've had a conversation more. with him. Like, hey, bro, you got to do something because we want your health. It to me, it's not about how you look. I want you to be alive, right? So it's about your health. And and then the conversation got to what well, really is it about beauty, etc. So what Mac is asking is, if we see somebody who is unhealthy, what should we do? Should we just not say anything and accept them like it's so? Or should we be more critical of our loved ones? And like I said, instead of of loving them to death, if you will, sort of Mm -hmm. criticizing them to life, if that makes sense. Like, hey man, I need to tell you this because I see you're going down a health path that's going to put you in an early grave. Either either all three ladies, either one of you ladies, Mac and I just want to hear. I love that. Uh,
3: First, uh, yeah, thank you for bringing this to light. This is a conversation that a lot of people have that uh, they just really don't know exactly where to take it. Um, I've even had clients who have had family members that are unsure of how to support them in their health and weight loss journey. Um, the one thing that I will say over the years is that, uh, and, and I'll take this even to adolescents with children as well, because uh, I also trained and coach children, is um, the need to correct a person in this typically doesn't work and actually leads to more negative health outcomes that are much more aligned guilt and regret which ultimately leads them into whatever they're already doing but also doing those things silently um binging um eating in the car uh things that really don't help to improve who they are so you have two things that are going on here the first is am i focusing on who you are as a person or am i focusing on what you look like and when the focus is on what you look like i've already Convince myself that I'm criticizing you because I love you. If I'm focusing on the person, what I first need to do is get to know what what type of support do you need from me in order to support your health journey. What you might need in your first six months is a person to offer support by way of listening to you, by way of um, affirming who you are, because outside of how you look, you are a whole and complete person. That's the most important thing is always knowing that I don't love you until you're small. I love you today fully in spite of where you are. Uh, And when we talk about interacting with a healthy person, if we put 10 people in a room right now, at least six people would be listed as unhealthy from a metabolic health standpoint. And our metabolic standards involve high blood pressure, which 50% of Americans have, specifically Black Americans, uh, regardless of how much they weigh, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, uh, diabetes, all of these issues are things that you can't necessarily see. Unfortunately, and and not only, uh, I'll also throw in substance abuse, uh, alcohol addiction, drug addiction, all of these things are at the same level in regard to risk factors for heart disease, stroke, and cancer. The one that is most visible is the one that is the easiest to criticize. The easiest to correct is what we can see. And so where we see a person that's overweight, if you're sitting at a table and three people go to dialysis every week, but they only weigh 150 pounds, but they are still eating the cake. And this person is 300 pounds. Well, you can see their struggle and everyone's struggle isn't visible. So it leaves people who carry excess weight, extra burdened. They're burdened Mm -hmm. by the Mm -hmm. fact that when I walk out the door, everyone knows my struggle. Mm -hmm. They don't know my brother's struggling with alcohol and Mm -hmm. he has fatty liver disease because- he looks so much more slim. So he has the ability to pursue healthiness without an added layer of criticism and judgment coming from everyone.
1: Markita, I want to ask you something about that because in that episode, we did talk yeah. about that. And I said, well, clearly I'm just going to talk to the person. Like if somebody is an alcoholic and I don't know it because I can't see alcoholism. Huh? I mean, sometimes you is when it's so bad, but you get what I mean. Yeah. There, there's some, yeah. there's some, uh, what it like surviving or managing alcoholics. So you said they could seek health. Like you know, sort of privately or or what have you. But my question would be, from from the numbers, it doesn't seem like a lot of people are seeking health privately, right? They're they're dying silently, if you will, uh-huh. and and the the more visible thing, right? The 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 more health thing, if it's visible, I can point it out. So again, it, like I know you said support and things of that nature, and, it, and everything's an art. It's not a science. You have to know who you're talking to. Right. Absolutely. So my brother, for example, I can't go on there and be like, you fat kid. Like that's not going to work. You know what I'm saying? But I can go <laughs> not to at him all. And, and right, it's He probably going gonna gonna to slap the hell out of me. But yeah. if I was to go to him and were to say, Hey bro, I love you. We've lost both of our parents. We lost our brother and we want to mm-hmm. see you live 20, 30 more years. I don't just want you here for five more years. He's going to be more accepti- uh receptive to that. So mm-hmm. can you maybe and, and we do want to, we, we, we love the health conversation. We're going to stay here for a while, but we also want to pivot to the beauty standard conversation as we have three black women on here as well. Cause I think that's a big part of it, but can you speak to some methods of how we can approach those individuals who we see, or might be a little bit overweight and, and what are some, some nicer and, and softer, but firm ways that we can tell them that we want them to be healthier so they can stay around. Can well, I chime in?
2: Oh, yes. Okay. please. Okay, so a minute? Yeah. Connect with a professional and then give them the professional's number. So mm-hmm. I have friends who I'm like, yeah, you need to call keto. You know what? You, we have this conversation about health and wellness. They're like, oh, I'm struggling with keto. I've been doing keto, but I want to eat fruit. But then I tried the Atkins, but I crave the, this and that. And I'm like, yeah, you know what? Here's keto's link, like schedule a discovery call. I'm not pushing anything. Look, you decide if if she'll work best for you, but just call her because I'm not a dietitian. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a personal trainer. I don't know how your lymphatic system works, but Kita does. So instead of- What is a
1: lymphatic system? Mac, did you know what that is? I did, but- Oh, okay. Well, yeah, I'm the one that does. Anyway, continue on, Angie. I'm sorry. So one
2: of- Sometimes we feel like we have to fix our friends or fix our mm. family members or we mm. have to be the ones to help them. And I'm so beyond helping people with stuff where I am not an expert. Mm. So I just, if I know an expert, I just give them the numbers to the experts and say, hey, did you did you contact Keita? When they have the conversation again about wanting to be healthier. you know what? I think Keita could be a great resource for you. She has a bunch wow. of different options and I'm sure you'll find one that works for you. Because I've worked with her and I've lost 30 pounds and, you know, we still have, I extended my package for three more months because I have another goal now beyond what I thought before. So you just be this living testimony of what's possible, Mm. but you're not taking responsibility for their well-being. That's an expert's job. Mm. Like I'm not a therapist. If I have a friend who's suffering from depression, I'm not a therapist. I can't help them, but maybe I know the numbers who a therapist or someone can recommend. So that's how we can support without feeling like, and they don't feel like we're judging them mm-hmm. when when they're struggling with whatever. You're just a resource and a support who loves
0: them. Mm-hmm. It's like seeing somebody limping around with a broken ankle. Instead of trying to say, hey, let me help you. Let me fix you. I can point you in the right direction of a doctor. Why don't you mm-hmm. go and talk to them? They can tell you what's really wrong with you. Fair. I see what you're Exactly. You doing. That's exactly.
4: Fair. Yeah,
3: the state of our nation collectively is extremely unhealthy yes. across mm-hmm. all, all color here. lines, across all ages. And what that tells us is that the one common factor that's keeping everyone from being at their optimal level of health is that most people aren't literate in what it means to be healthy.
4: Yes. Most mm.
3: people have wow. not taught what it actually means to be healthy. And so, where you're getting your information is from the very same source that profits off of you being sick. Wow. So, it's advertising dollars that are spent wow. to give you the messaging that says this is what you should be eating or doing is the same system that is going to then funnel you into a healthcare system where you are then going to be uh, a resource, a financial resource. To the healthcare industry. So everyone here is profiting off of a collective sick nation. And mm. when chaos erupts, the only people that suffer are the actual victims, which are us. Yes. So everyone around us is gonna say, Well, if if you know uh eating cakes and cookies are bad, then why do you eat them? says the person who is spending. million on advertising for junk food. And they only allot 500,000 for fresh food and Mm -hmm. produce. And when Mm -hmm. you see these ads running on a regular basis, these ads are directly connected to the likelihood of whether or not you're going to go out and buy those items. And that all goes back to consumerism. And this is actually where I started out. I started out in the space of media. One of my first jobs out of college was working in the newsroom. And a lot of the things that most of us see on a regular basis, we don't even realize how intentional it was from a group of guys sitting around a table, literally holding up a picture saying this black mom is the person that we want to target these snacks to. So these are the advertisements that we're gonna run only in these four zip codes at these hours. 60% of our advertising dollars are gonna go into this neighborhood, which means the moms is the one group in the country that we know spend the most money because moms love to spend money on their children. Well, if you're not advertising to the black mom and you're advertising foods that are horrible for us, and she's also more likely to live near or close to food deserts, then you're also gonna increase the likelihood of consumption of those same foods. It does not mean other people don't enjoy the same foods, but they are protected by proximity. If these foods aren't in your 10 to 20 mile radius every day, you're less likely to eat them. But if you drive past these places on a regular basis, if you don't drive, you are more likely to stop in and grab you a couple snacks. This on top of you never actually being educated on what it means to actually be healthy. So it's so layered in regard to how easy it is for our communities to stay sick, but how easy it is to blame and criticize our communities for being sick. So our conversations actually look more soft and vulnerable, giving more grace and understanding to what it looks like for our people to actually thrive in health. And once our people feel more empowered and educated and feel like they have the support of their village, they are much more likely to pursue their health because I've never met one person that said, I'm unhealthy uh, by choice. Everyone that I know who is overweight or who is obese, if I sit down with them, first off, they don't, if they don't emotionally trust you, they're not going to open up to you and be fully honest with yeah. you about what's going on. So the best thing you can do as a family member is offer your love and support where a person feels loved and supported, just like a child that needs to thrive. The child that's overcorrected tends to be much more insecure, uh, do much more, uh have much more problems in school yep. because yep. they are, they are almost stunted. Their ability yeah. to just think freely, their ability to comprehend information is clouded by the fear of judgment that's coming from an overly critical adult. But the child that's uh, given the freedom to do whatever you want, learn through it, grow through it, learn from your mistakes, tends to thrive much more and much better. So that's what I would recommend to family members who have sick individuals or people who are overweight or on a health journey is loving them. Is going to actually increase and enhance their own love for themselves so you have to first start from a place of love if you don't love yourself enough if what you're getting from others reflects that they don't love you until you look better or they don't love you as much until you heal more then it also interrupts their ability to step out fearlessly and courageously to pursue what that journey looks like, because we know it's not a perfect journey, even for a person who's only trying to lose 10 pounds. You know how difficult it is for a person to lose 10 pounds. Imagine how hard it is to have to lose 200. The idea of having to lose 200 pounds is emotionally draining in itself. And then the reality of how you're treated every day only makes that process even harder. So as a person who doesn't have that struggle, I would say the best thing that you can do is release the responsibility or the need to control their health outcome. The one thing that you can control is how you interact and respond to that person. Yeah,
1: fair enough. Matt, go ahead. (laughs)
0: Uh, you know what? I, I mean, I kind of wanted to get up and clap on that one. She yeah. dropped bars in there. She <laughs> dropped a lot of information. y'all. Absolutely. She said. I tell you, I, I love gender. my
3: people. I love oh. my people, my black, my black men, my black women, my black children. Every single one of our groups of people has their own story and Mm -hmm. have their own separate space where they need love and they need a specific Mm -hmm. type of love. Our children need to be loved back to help differently. Our black men have suffered so much during this pandemic. Our men between 40 and 55 are dropping like flies during this pandemic. And all of us now need to really take a step back and say, hey, maybe we need to stop being so critical of each other and just come together in love, understanding, and say we are all on the same journey, even if we're not taking the exact same road to get there.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. All Absolutely. right. All right. We're going to transition because, again, you, there's a bunch of stuff I want to talk about. The food deserts. I want to talk about the, the lack of education. I want to talk about the advertising. But we'll stop right oh, there with advertising, with the media. All pumping everything at us and talk about how your kid's going to, you know what I'm saying, they'll be so much happier with a Happy Meal. And then that just gets them started on the track. That's just like a pusher getting started on those gateway drugs, right? Getting you oh, going that, with that. Come on, but that's it. Okay. I'm telling you, y'all, it's so much more into this. But as she ended it with, it starts with love. Now, what we want to get into is that beauty standard that, you know, we all look for love. We all look for somebody to be a companion <laughs> with. We're looking for somebody to rub up, snuggle up with. Yes, so, yes. And it goes back to those beauty standards. What people see as beautiful, what people think the media sees as beautiful. So, yeah. let's transition here, babe. Um, so now, our trans—I mean, our definitions of beauty—and I say "our" as in Black people. I'm not going general. I mean, I'm not going to put us all in a box, but at the same time, our beauty standards are a little bit different than how media sees beauty. And when I say media, usually we're talking about. White people, all right, not not white individuals. I know oh, I said it. I, said Mac, it. I finally on, brought it man. up there, man. Just what? Talk, I said man. It.
1: You all know right. how we do. You know, white America.
0: Oh, white America is seeing us a little bit differently than we see ourselves. So, how do you, ladies, how do you feel about dealing with some of these images that are put in front of you that are the standards of beauty? And then, how do you deal with them in the workplace, out in the marketplace? How to you know within your own home? I don't know if y'all got individuals growing up in your home like I do but how do you pass on these good standards and not the normalized standards I'll let you
3: take that one Angie
0: Uh
2: don't be nervous well I'm I'm thinking about standards of beauty because I never thought about Mm -hmm. um beauty as so I saw myself as an athlete for so long so being cute wasn't like what I was going for, it was really like, did I ball out? Right. Right. Or when I was coaching, Uh, did I do what?
0: Yeah. Right. So
2: I I always thought I was good enough. So I don't, I've never suffered from like, Oh, I don't think anyone's going to like me. I, I So I can't speak on that, but what I will say in working with Marquita, we started talking about style. So what makes you feel good, right? Head to toe. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, you know what? I really love big wooden earrings. So like that's a thing for me now, which is something I never thought about before. And so I started just being more um, what do we call that? Empowered to try new looks. So sometimes I wear a head wrap, sometimes I have braids, but it's all about me and not like wanting someone else to be attracted to it because what people are most attracted to is confidence. So I'll do bigger rings and a head wrap. And whatever I feel that day, and if you like it, great. If not, I don't care because I don't wear it in hopes that someone will like me. Like, I feel good in it, and I think that energy is going to exude. And that, more than anything, has been how I define beauty for myself versus how I look to others to define beauty for me.
1: Wow. Kiera, do you have anything you wanted to, you wanted to add in about that? I know you and I have talked about beauty standards before.
4: Yeah, we've touched on beauty standards. And um, one of the things that I talked about is um, black women tend to be on average, more shapely, more curvy, all of these things that we kind of embraced because of, you know, like you said, we accept who we are. So and the beauty standard, the standard American beauty standard, where the slimmer look is what most people are going for, aside from recent years, I kind of explained, like, we are still encouraged to be curvy or fuller, but at the same time, we get that kind of shame of being fat, or when is the tipping scale when you go from thick to fat? So I just wanted mm-hmm. to touch on that a little bit. Do you guys have any input on the Black woman being voluptuous? but also kind of getting that same feeling of being too much.
3: Oh, I love that. Um, So in regards to the beauty standard, okay, what we know is that the beauty standard in America is Eurocentric. uh, And it always has been. Now, depending on how that experience affects you personally, you, may not ne- you might not necessarily have a, been impacted by it as much, like in Angie's case. Mm-hmm. As an athlete, you may not have been as impacted by those beauty standards as, say, someone who's a project man- manager and works in corporate America, uh, because we know that Black women's uh, hair is heavily policed. Um, we are still in the process right now of enacting laws that make it illegal to discriminate against, uh, black hair. And we are still a long way from this being, uh, a nationwide mandate. We are not there yet in 2022. So there are still states where it is legal to fire or discriminate against someone for the hair that grows out of their heads. Um, Oprah just did uh, an interview on a documentary talking about when she was a 22 year old news anchor and they asked her if she could fix her hair otherwise known as could she straighten her hair and by the way on top of that would you consider some plastic surgery because your eyes are a little wide and your nose is a bit thick this is a 22 year old news anchor who we now know to be oprah uh who obviously did not go through with the plastic surgery but she did go through with the attempt to fix her hair and -hmm. all of her hair came out and as a result they wouldn't let her go on air because of the damage that was done to her scalp and her scalp had to heal. So she was ultimately punished for attempting to assimilate to the European standards that they felt would be most attractive for her to be on air. And that was however many years ago, right? And we're talking about Oprah. So no one here is exempt in regard to Eurocentric standard. And I think that's one of the areas that if we can collectively come together and unify in a space and say, whether or not it's happening to me, it's happening to us. Yeah. It's happening to our little girls, it's happening to our little boys. We've just had a little boy, uh, teenager have to have his locks cut during a wrestling match. So our children are being impacted and they are being shown over and over that who they are and how they exist in the world is wrong because of their complexion or because of the hair that grows out of their scalp. So we really are really in a space where we're redefining what the standard of beauty looks like for us and being empowered and unapologetic in that space. And I'm seeing so much more of that over these past 10 years, it's wonderful uh, to just walk in your own truth and to express and empower other people in that way, the beauty standard has always started from us and it will always be highly impacted by us. We are the culture. We are the culture standard that has been revamped into the Eurocentric standard. So we know that, but ultimately we are still more negatively impacted by the effects of the explicit bias that is ultimately put in our lap
1: so mm-hmm. so i i appreciate that and and everything all three of the women said are it's just spot on like as as a black man i don't suffer from those um beauty standards most like personally but like you said if it's happened to one of us it's happening to us right and even if it's not something to happen to i mean when i watch television or something like that i see that you know um there are women who are viewed as beautiful, um, not black women, but women who are viewed as beautiful, but then when they view when they view us or whatever or our women, we're just sex toys or something like that, right? Like something mm-hmm. something to be had. I don't really hear beautiful being thrown out as an adjective to toward our women. Now, I will say this, um, I think a lot of that, um, we do that to ourselves a lot of time through music and things of that nature and of our of our own volition, to be honest. Um, you know how many how many music videos and things like that. Um, do we put our own people in that are butt shaking and everything like that? And if you don't, you know, this, that, and the third. So I, I wanted to ask something that is, uh, it's, it's about the beauty standard, but it's, it's a, not contrary to what Kira uh, said, because she's right. Black women are a lot of times more curvy and things like that. But for my sisters who are not, right, I have a friend of mine who is, um, she lives in Texas and she is a little, she's a little slimmer. Right. So she is just, you know, she, she just doesn't carry weight at all, et cetera. And her plight has been, she has not been considered beautiful in the black community because she's not as curvy. So it's like the opposite, right? So like when you're too curvy, oh, don't be that don't have, don't have too much because the world, the the main world won't, won't accept you. But then when you're skinny and you're not so curvy or whatever in the black community, we're sort of shunning her as well. So do you all see that like as, 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 I don't even know what to go with the question. I just know that that happens and, and I think it needs to be addressed.
3: Yeah, absolutely. That, that is absolutely one of the stereotypes of black women. And one of the main stereotypes for black women is this idea that we exist as a monolith and we don't. So this idea that this is who the black woman is If you put this picture up, most black women fall into this category while we know that that is not the case. Now, the problem with the media is that the imagery that you see of black women tends to not reflect the full breadth of who we are and what we have to offer. So other races specifically uh, white people, European uh, based standards have the privilege of being shown in all seasons, in all shapes, in all sizes. And so you don't really attach one thing to them. But when we are exploited, and so the images that you see on a regular basis of black women, considering that most of our media is run by maybe eight white male conglomerates over the age of 60. So the images that we continue to see of us do not come from a place that fully represents who we are. It normally comes from a place of who they perceive us to be in their own biased imaginations. They create caricatures of us, and then they actually go Mm -hmm. out and scout people that fall into those categories, which is also why a lot of our most highly acclaimed actors started out as robbers and thieves on low budget movies these men were thespians these men had master's degrees and they couldn't get the lead roles not because they didn't have the talent but it was because the scouting agents already had an idea of who you are before you come to the table so they had to work themselves out of the stereotype well Mm -hmm. the black women are now on pace to work ourselves outside of the stereotype and we're the last ones on the rung we're always four steps behind because what we have here is We have the white male patriarchy, but proximity to the white man is maleness. So even though you're suffering as a black man, you also benefiting from proximity to maleness in regard to the male patriarchy. Whereas we don't have any close contact with what that looks like. White women are in proximity because of whiteness and what they offer to the white male patriarchy. Black men are in proximity because of what they offer to the male patriarchy. The black woman is sitting over here while we tend to deal with not only the racism and sexism, but we have to deal with the burden of these things on an emotional island because we don't have that same connection. We don't have that same buffer, that same soft fall. So we're just out here trying to figure it out on our own while we're getting criticized by white women, we're getting criticized by black men, we're getting criticized by white men, we're getting criticized by asian women. We're getting criticized by everyone, but we're always here and ready to jump in the fight for whoever wow.
1: needs us. Wow. Angie, do you have and you do And I would to Yeah.
2: Absolutely. I would I would say that's why you have to go explore the world. Right, because you have a very different experience. My experience in Medellin, Colombia, in Germany, in Italy, is completely different than my experience um, in the States. And you learn that there are more than enough people that find you um, attractive and beautiful, and you can't place where you're from on a on a map because of your skin so you could be from the Caribbean or from Senegal or from Ghana or your family could have migrated to Spain or you could I mean you could just be from anywhere and so being in Colombia and seeing all um, a number of Afro-Colombian women who look like me has been so empowering because you know that you have a place everywhere and mm-hmm. your confidence grows um, because the interest in who you are and the intrigue of who you are as a person extends beyond simply um, being wherever you're originally from, but you're really a global citizen, right? So I think sometimes we um, compartmentalize the conversations to the U.S., but if we can get more passports and explore more, <laughs> I think we'll be able to shift the conversation around beauty because you'll see yourself everywhere.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yes, yes, because we talked about getting your passport in the previous chapter, also. (laughs) Um, Something you guys brought up was about that beauty standard and how the standard was set by the images that were put out there, by the media, by the movie companies, by the guys who control those different uh, genres and different uh, companies. So I, I immediately thought of the movies. So in the 1970s, the few black women that got in had to have a certain shape had to have a certain look and their looked or their look always favored the European look just just a white girl with a tan that's usually what they look like or just the same color as a paper bag which is something that some of our sisters dealt with a long time I mean goodness if you had the color or the tint of a paper bag you can you could pass which is terrible and yet we still deal with that now but that's that's not the subject I'm trying to get on I'm talking about the media and the different things that are put out there. Where the images, it took a long time for, of uh, the opportunity for a black woman or a black man to have the opportunity to be a leading man, a leading woman in their movies, in their shows, or you know, sitcoms and things of that nature. My goodness, it took a long time for us to get here. But now that we're here, how do you feel about seeing so many prominent positions, prominent uh, shows, prominent movies in? do you see that as an opportunity for that beauty standard to change and also i got a back a follow-up question with that with that change how do you feel about them taking our beauty standards and running with them but you know i'm gonna leave that there for you
3: (laughs) (laughs) well i say i definitely uh i'm enjoying the um the trend uh, that I'm seeing that I feel will be will go beyond the trend, but just having more access to platforms where we're able to show up as ourselves. And what we know more than anything is that change doesn't happen because of changed hearts and minds. Change happens because of the bottom line. Where there is money to be made, change will happen. Um, and that's what has always happened over the course of history from Jim Crow to desegregation every step forward had to do with profit. It was no longer profitable to be that type of racist. So we have to change the dynamic. And here we are now. Um, We are in a place now where companies especially are seeing not only the benefits of being much more diverse, expanding, what beauty looks like on the big screen in these companies and corporations and advertisements, but they are also seeing the ramifications of what it looks like to not have those standards and those images present on their screens, in their movies, uh, on their streaming platforms. And so, yes, it is something that has been monetized, but that's where everything always starts. It is now more popular to be inclusive and to show everyone, um, as they are. Now, the other benefit to that is we are now able to see so many more sides of who we've always known ourselves to be. We're now seeing on the big screen, uh, Black women in positions like, you know, being a president, being a lawyer, being a housewife, just like we're seeing from our Black men. We're seeing our black men as regular people because we are regular people from being a school bus driver to being a stay-at-home dad. Yeah, these and are not just people. being thug
0: number two. You know what I'm saying?
3: Exactly. Yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> so can I can I can I ask a question about that? So so with, with being regular people and we're we're seeing each other in role. And so the beauty standard, right? I, I know like we're talking about that. So, but do we think? So I don't want to just say like it doesn't happen. Yeah, It doesn't seem like black men have a struggle with the beauty standard as much as black women. I think universally we would say that, that we would agree All with right. that. So why, just for our audience, why does beauty matter so much to, I understand why it matters to men. I'm a man, hey, it is what it is. I like nice looking things. But even to women, I hear the beauty standards mattering to women. Women want to be considered beautiful. So, and here's the example I can give. So, oftentimes when I'm watching an award show or any any type of show and they're introducing a man, they will just say, this guy has done X, Y, Z, et cetera, right? And then he comes on. But- 90% of the time when they introduce a woman, they say something, something, the beautiful, the talent that they always throw out that, that word like beautiful or something like that. So what are like, again, I, I, I struggle I with the question, but I think you get what I'm yeah. getting at. Like, so what, so what is it about yeah. beauty and women yeah. that are, that are so synonymous with one another, if you will?
3: Well, I, I love that you said that, and that, that dynamic was actually created by men.
1: Okay. Okay.
3: Fair enough. That dynamic, that dynamic was created by men, and so uh, because it was created by men, and we can go way, way back, right, to the time where women were perceived as something that was for the Be men's benefit,
1: wow. right? Wow. Wow. Okay.
3: Right. So when you when you look at the dynamic of beauty it would sit at the same space as what a man feels in regard to his financial identity. A man may feel he is is as worthy as his bank account. And Mm -hmm. we know that you are more than your bank account, just like we know that a woman is more than her beauty. But throughout history, how have you experienced the world and how has the world experienced you? And for women especially, well, there was a time where you couldn't work it was yeah, illegal true. work, right? You couldn't mm-hmm. work. Women had to actually fight in protest to actually be able to go to work. And guess mm-hmm. who was standing there trying to block the way? Men. Men.
1: yeah, I man. don't
3: want you to go to work and come home dirty like me. I want you to be sitting at home like June Cleaver, right? <laughs> so all of those images created mm-hmm. a culture that supported the dynamic that said, this is the role that women play and one, a woman's value is based mm-hmm. on how she looks. And let's wow. take it further, right? Let's look at Homer and Marge Simpson, mm-hmm. Al and Kate Bundy, okay? Mm-hmm. Let's, let's go all the Doing my way shows back.
1: back in the day. Let's go back, let's
3: go back <laughs> to Fred and Wilma Flintstone, right? Mm-hmm. So every dynamic that you see across the board yeah. has a hefty overweight man with a really cute model-like wife. Yep, right absolutely, and right. so that image has always supported the notion that well men don't have to worry about their beauty men can look any kind of way because mm. how he looks means nothing how he looks is of no value how she looks is of value and which so, means yeah if let me you
1: have- a quick question to that so so the the i understand the beauty standard for women like men created that are you also mm-hmm. saying that men Men created the fact that men don't have to reach a beauty standard. Is that what you're saying as well? But well, Of course. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I, yeah. I'm just, I'm just asking a question for clarity.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. It's, it's kind of the same. It's kind of the same notion when you think about, uh, if you, if you think about race, for example,
2: mm-hmm. right.
3: Um, when you think about race, there are things as a person who has experienced racism that you're going to naturally consider going into a room. Mm-hmm. things that a white person has never had to consider
1: absolutely and so
3: um it's the same way with with a woman right if a woman and a man are going into a room and she knows there's an expectation that how she looks is going to impact how she's treated absolutely where for him him going in that same room in a black t-shirt mm-hmm. and things and he's going to be just as highly regarded respected and appreciated her going into that same room and they might look over and say, oh man, your wife wasn't able to dress up for you. What's, what's going on. So there Mm -hmm. are standards that are unfair and unjust that were already there that we now have to survive. We're surviving Mm -hmm. standards. We, We didn't create them. We're surviving them because the standards were set up by a system that has also supported the discrimination that's attached to them. So we're getting mistreated but the mistreatment is also supported, even company-wide, women being sent home because of what they had on. Uh, One of my clients was a school teacher and it was field day and the school had a requirement that all the women wore skirts. She asked if she could put on shorts instead of a skirt and they said, no, because the requirement is that all of the women teachers wore skirts. So these are things, so yeah, she's out there playing kickball in a skirt right and was told that no the the dress code because i don't want to code,
1: see miss johnson like that anyway right
3: <laughs> but but these are things, but you but you, you feel me but yeah. these are things that the women yeah. have always had to fight for and suffer through and many mm. of them um never actually had these conversations with the men in their lives like she said yeah. she had never told her husband because she didn't want her husband to go up to the you know up to the school and and risk her losing her job. So these are things we experience on a regular basis that a lot of husbands and brothers and fathers never even
1: know about. So Angie, I want I want to hear yours on this, but it sounds like, well, no, it doesn't sound like. What you are saying is that this is a systematic thing. This is a Absolutely. system of Absolutely. beauty. That is That's in it. there. We have the racist system. We have, you know, we have the economic yeah. system. These things are systematic. It's, that means it's not by happenstance. This was right. on purpose. Right. This is the on purpose system. Angie, what on do purpose. you think about, about any of these things? Like, you know, male beauty standards, men setting up standards for women. And clearly it's not our space to set up standards. I mean, the only thing that is our space is we get to choose who we want to be with, right? I think everybody does we get to choose. But Angie, what do you think?
2: I think Marquita said it all. Pretty much in alignment <laughs> with God. what Martina said. <laughs> Don't really right. have much outside of that. I mean, beyond personal experience, because we have different experiences. But I do think that it's really um something that women feel like we have to be conscious of all the time because we're always judged based on how we look, always. not intelligence, not um, our capability,
0: it's how we look first, and then we'll figure out the rest from there. Yep. Andrea, I have a question too. Would you be an athlete, and I know the ladies are seen totally different, even though y'all hoopers, y'all real ballers, but y'all seen as the other ballers, you know what I'm saying? The ladies, you know what I'm saying? They're out there. They look cute while they're on the court, but I'm going to be honest with you. I played with some of y'all. Y'all, y'all, y'all hoopers, all right? For real. <laughs> there ain't no male or female. She will dominate you. Get on the court grab your shorts tie them up tie your shoes up tight because she'll take you to anyway that ain't my point so (laughs) as ladies you know um how do you feel about that standard they put on athletes uh, especially basketball and the way they look at the volleyball players or you track athletes out there why they make your shorts so small they don't do that for the men but you know better not
1: yeah uh, i said it
0: (laughs) anyway how do you feel being in that space did it ever bother you or you know your teammates or anybody like that do you have any stories or examples of situations where that beauty standard is placed upon them that shouldn't be
2: i don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to look nice and whatever that means for you Mm -hmm. so i don't want the conversation to turn to well you don't have to care about yourself and just because I, I've i been there and only focused on one aspect. And that's not cool either. Like I'm more confident now because I actually take really good care of myself in a way that makes me feel good, which is most important. And so the beauty standard, I think what we're getting at is the beauty standard has to be personal, mm, right? Wow. You have to be willing to, there's some in terms of health. So beauty and health, aren't the same but they're connected yes so if i'm drinking water and i'm hydrated my skin is going to look better if Mm -hmm. i'm eating all the cakes and pies and all the cheeses i'm going to break out because my body does not enjoy clearly does not enjoy when i consume those types of things and so health and beauty are connected not necessarily the same but you want to be healthy when you're healthy you feel good Mm. and you feel more confident and so I think if at some point we can shift the conversation to not this conversation, but I mean, macro level conversation, mm-hmm. to how do we develop confidence in our own skin and our, in our own being like how mm-hmm. we are being in every moment, then we can make beauty very, very personal. And not something that someone is imposing on us. Wow. And, and what's wow. important for, I think women like, the three of us on this call and other women who have gone through that is to go back to younger women and say, it's okay to be who you are. Like, it's okay. You're enough. And it's okay for uncles and dads and brothers to not look at you. And say, oh, you look like you're getting a little thick. Oh, you're going to do something with your hair. Hey, how about you not wear, wear that skirt? Because the prime example. This isn't about being an athlete, but it's connected to women being penalized for showing up who they are. I was at a school, I was working in a school system years ago, and the girls were being sent home for wearing tights. And if they were told, the school's dress code said, the girls are wearing tights is a distraction
1: to the boys. Yeah, that's around the whole world. That, yeah, that, like that. And it's and so the men thing, yeah, that's all. Yeah, that's and
2: so girls were penalized because boys lack self control. Mm-hmm. And so, as a young woman, you're told, "Don't wear this, don't wear that," because they are going to perceive you in a certain way. But men are aren't always taught, "Well, respect her body because her body mm. isn't yours." Right. Right. So I think we have a number of different conversations happening one young women needs to be affirmed to feel good about who they are and be empowered to try different looks that make them feel good and I think young men um, need to be taught that women aren't for their possession yeah no so
1: Key, did you did you have anything you wanted to add we, we've definitely been hearing from the other ladies we want to hear from you as well
4: yeah, just a reference back to our original conversation. Jumping off of what um, Angie just said, one of the the people in popular culture right now that is, I think, trying to push the envelope with that um, is this um, singer Lizzo, and we had a brief discussion on the um, the original episode that we talked about. Um, you know, whether or not she's actually helping or hurting with this whole body positivity movement that she's trying to kind of put on the forefront. Um, So Angie, I really do appreciate you for bringing that up where um, it should be on the forefront because it's going to be an individualized plan on on what you think your beauty standard is. So while I absolutely support what she's doing, Rev and I did go into a deeper conversation where he doesn't necessarily think that things like that should be, in you know public consumption, so, so, so. I do not. So <laughs> I
2: I, I listened to the episode, so I, I heard the, all the conversation, and I there's this assumption that's particularly for guys that like as women we should actually care what you think about us, Fair. <laughs> like like Fair. like there's all this like discourse around I can't believe Lizzo did this and it like she does not care and mm-hmm. should not care whether or not let me ask a question. Individuals that, think she's
1: let me ask a question. Good enough, me. like. Right. Can I right. can I ask a question really quick to that? Right. So I think. I think there and and I'm all for double standards. I believe double standards exist. I believe in some ways double standards are good. Um, you know, there's double standard between kids and adults. You know what I'm saying? Uh, daddy beer versus I mean daddy sodas versus regular sodas, right? There's a double standard. Yeah. I'm old enough, I can do this or whatever. So and but I think there's a double standard in the in the I don't care, right? Because we do care in today's world, that's why we post things on social media. And that's why we do care for likes and things of that nature. So it's almost like, it's, it's almost like give, give your opinion as long as it's positive. But if you don't, then I shouldn't care. And and I don't think people should care, right? Like people I've said this in one of our episodes, people should not care what I say, what I say should not bother anybody. I am just a person. I'm not in your life. It doesn't really matter. Right? So on a micro level, the individual should not, should not matter. But when it came to like, like the Lizzo thing that Kiara and I were talking about, I think it's the, mm, and I'll be clumsy when I say this and I'm, I'm not perfect here, but it's like the promotion of things that aren't necessarily, and I would say healthy. Now I have my particular taste as far as beauty, but I think I'm allowed to have my particular taste as far as beauty, right? Like it's how my taste for what a particular woman looks like, et cetera, right? I'm attracted to what I'm attracted to. But Mm -hmm. I also think that, you know, it's this, it's this, I don't want to say movement, but going back to the swim thick thing that we were talking about, I'm like, right, but we're promoting this thing and I'm all into self-love and all that. But I think self-love is about, excuse me, it's about improvement and you can love yourself where you are, but it should be about getting better. And when it comes to like the Lizzo thing, it's more celebrating just my body's beautiful. Yeah, but it's yeah. also unhealthy. <laughs> yeah, and and, I mean, and and I'm just being and and I'm speaking not just for me. You know what I do? I talk to guys. You know what I mean? And and even though Angie, you are 100 percent, right. Women should not care. But I'm telling you, in the guy space, I'm gonna venture to guess Lisa doesn't have a problem with guys. I'm just... okay. Put it this way: you might be right because I if do that's not thing, know, if I do not, if, I mean, one man. If we're
2: talking about dating.
1: That if we're talking I'm, about Daddy, I'm, sure. I'm going to tell you this none of us have a chance at Lizzo. Praise God, don't want it. All right, look, but yeah, I said it, Mac. What anyway? So, look, look, you know me. So, here's the thing I do not know one guy that openly admits, like me personally, that Lizzo is attractive. Not a single one. Not, well, not I said not openly, openly admits they might think openly. it exactly in their, in right. their background, See, but I and like open.
0: terrible that that happens. You know, I, I ain't gonna lie, I've had some girlfriends that may have stay married you know, been in, I, I this is in the past. I was high school. All right. She she knows who I was back then. All right? I'm a different person now, but there may have been some that would have been in the same realm. I mean, and I feel bad that I had to sneak them around or, you know, we're going to go on the dates at certain times or, you know, I, I feel terrible about that now, but at the same time, I did like what I liked
1: I, and around. I should have been able hey. to
0: express that. You know, so
2: what we're talking about are two what I hear two conversations happening. One, we're talking about a person's physical aspect person that we consider is valuable. Mm -hmm. And so to say, like, I would never like engage with this human because she's overweight, she's an amazing artist. She's like one of the top performers she's unbelievably yep. talented and committed to
3: her craft yep. and for her for all of that
0: to be negated mm-hmm. that
2: we're having is our we don't know where people are Wellness journey. So even the swim thick, we don't know. We don't know those people's lives, and so we're we're so quickly to cast judgment on what we see. And again, negate whole humans because of how they look. When people don't know whatever our or people who are perceived as healthy, what their challenges and struggles are, and so um, we make an assumption that people don't aren't attracted to what is deemed as unhealthy. But there's everybody, there's a lot of people who like a lot of things that you probably wouldn't consider just because it's not what you necessarily like. So it doesn't um make Absolutely it as
0: not me. you know valid. And that's right. it. You know what? I'm not going to keep going back and forth with you. People <laughs> like what they like. All right. Matter of fact, people love themselves. That's all we need to do. It- Didn't you say that? that. Love yourself. And as long as you can love yourself, you should be all right. You know what I'm saying? And that's what we really need is love. I know I wrote you down here in my notes about that.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're absolutely right.
3: One of the healthiest things that we can offer to someone is uh, love and acceptance. Mm -hmm. So when we put, when we put conditions on a person uh, based on our own oftentimes privileged blind spots. Um, When we have conversations about uh, the experiences of people that we haven't also actually walked, uh, it's a lot easier to pass judgment. It's a lot easier to police a group. It's a lot easier to decide that we know how to fix something that we've never had to fix for ourselves when we look at most panels talking about race and they're old white men and you ask yourself, how exactly do you know so much about the black community that you can make laws for us, Uh yet you don't have a black friend, right? And they get to say from the outside looking in, well, I know a whole lot of guys who have seen what those black guys have done and we don't like those black guys promoting Uh being thugs. We don't like those black guys promoting uh, being vagrants and being this or being that. Right? I really so like their old
1: white man accent. I do. Yeah, I, think, yeah, I think that's yeah. pretty good. <laughs> like like I'm not going to lie. That was that was thank excellent. You, thank you. Much. Thank <laughs> was so, you want it like that? I thought that was I thought that was like, really No, I saw some other
3: I was seeing some other looks they looked like they were with it. Oh, but like, yeah. you know,
1: I was Yeah, yeah, I was going to jump
0: in. From
3: from not against like, rap.
0: Privilege.
3: That's it. Yes. That's exactly the dynamic that is also happening with every group that's marginalized has another group that's there to police. And Mm -hmm. that's just always been the case. Whatever it is, there's always a group that's there to police. The one thing that we know, especially for the Black woman and for the overweight Black woman, what we've always seen publicly is that her public criticism normally comes from Black men. That's the one Mm -hmm. thing that separates all the others. Every group of women that has uh, issues with weight you have other overweight artists other weight uh, actresses performers and the one thing that you don't see from a cultural standpoint is the mob of white men that come out to speak out against her weight because mm. she's beautiful and loves herself um, yep. and that's the area for us that goes beyond just a matter of well I'm doing it because I think she's promoting unhealthiness well To promote unhealthiness means that my platform and my intention is to pull you away from healthy. And in doing so, what I am giving, showing, or advertising suggests that. But to assume that me as the person that I am today is promoting unhealthiness suggests that a child that's overweight shouldn't be allowed to get in the pool in the swimsuit until she's an average size. And because we know that that's not the case and we know that these issues start in adolescence if we wouldn't say that to a nine-year-old girl in a swimsuit then we wouldn't say that to a 29 year old woman who is growing in her confidence. And the first step toward taking a healthy step forward is being confident enough to feel like you love yourself enough to pursue health and wellness. Because a lot of people who struggle to take the first step don't feel like they deserve to take it. They criticize themselves even more than on the outside ever could. And so if the goal is a healthier nation, we first have to start with, letting go of being critical, letting go of the need to decide why you're doing it. And if it doesn't align with where you are, we always get to say nothing.
0: Ooh. All right. You know what, ladies, we could go on for hours because I enjoy talking to y'all, but we're going to <laughs> have to wrap this one up. Okay. The we music. will try oh our best God. to have y'all back.
3: I can't believe time flies when you're having fun. I this know, you know
0: it. I know it. Now, ladies, is there anything you want to promote, anything you want to put out there so people can find you in other places? Uh, please, this is your space to uh, brag on yourself. Love it. I
3: love it. All right. Well, you can find me on all platforms, L's Ells Wellness, E L L S W E L L N E S S. On Instagram, it's L's Wellness. Uh, Facebook is just L's Wellness. LinkedIn, you can find me under L's Wellness, or you can find me under my name, Marquita L, uh, or you can hit my website which is also EllsWellness.com. So anything else Wellness associated, you click it and you will find me in some capacity.
1: There you go. There
2: you go. Miss Angie? Definitely reach out to Ells Wellness. Highly, highly recommend Marquita and her work and her teas. So there's she has time, a number of things. commercial right yes. there. Go mm-hmm. ahead. No. Testimony all day. Mm-hmm. And so my business is ALA Public Relations. Again, we work with suburbspace entrepreneurs to help them get connected to podcast interviews such as this one to share their expertise and grow their brands. And you can find us on Instagram at ALA Public Relations. My personal Instagram is Angela Lewis underscore PR website, alapublicrelations.com. And you can contact me on LinkedIn
0: all right
3: and I, and I also attest oh yes i have a client uh-huh. yeah <laughs> absolutely highly recommend the you. small business or any uh, any type of promotions or podcast management
0: See, and we got a thank small business spot.
1: Too. Look right. at that. We man. have
2: worked so Marquita and I have worked together. Marquita was my client last year. I'm her client this year.
1: There it is.
2: We definitely support each other.
1: Keeping a mm-hmm. black dollar in the community. So again, ladies, yeah. we thank you so much for joining us. Um, absolutely. Kira.
4: Ladies, I have been fighting, I will say fighting against these two strong-minded <laughs> black. <laughs> <clients>. <laughs> for four seasons now. So I wanted to personally thank you both for coming on and kind of giving me that support that I need. And hopefully these two have something. So we would love to absolutely have you guys on again. (laughs) Hilarious, he's shaking his head.
1: He's like, (laughs) nope. I ain't learned. We I'm know, still the same we know, fool. We
3: know, there, we know something sunk in. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, of course. Awesome, awesome. But again, all right, we, so- we do we yeah, do thank
1: ahead. you all for for coming out. Um, everybody, again, check those websites out. Um, that that the ladies gave to you. Please support them. Let's keep the black dollar. Uh, in the in the black community for more than six hours. Again, uh, this has been another chapter of the Black Minds Matter podcast for. Uh, Miss Marquita, Miss Angie for key and for Mac, I'm Rev. I am because we are, and we'll holla at y'all next time. Peace. We out. Yep, you hear the music. That means you just completed another chapter of the Black Minds Matter podcast. Please subscribe, rate, review, and download wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Also, you can find us on YouTube. Just search The Nile. That's the N.com. I.L.E. and you will find us straight away. Also, connect with us on IG at the 1981 and on Gmail at theNile.EST 1981 at gmail.com. Check us out and we appreciate you all. Peace.